some of them think I remember what Bugs Bunny sounded like. Like, what's up, Doc? Hello, and welcome to the 2021 version of What's Up, Doc? This is, again, the podcast where we interview our professors at Illinois Wesleyan University to try to figure out what it is they do and how they spend their time, not only as a professor, but in their personal lives as well. We hope you catch around. We've got so many great episodes ahead, and we're going to be coming to you a lot more frequently than we did last year. So buckle up. This episode's going to be a crazy ride. So I'm Tom Kwiatkowski, or Dr. Tom Kwiatkowski. Um, I'm new to Illinois Wesleyan University. Uh, my background's mostly in chemistry and biochemistry, but I've kind of been doing a whole bunch of different things. So I'm pretty much interested in or helping you out with anything you need to know about my history or anything you have that you want to know about. I'm happy to answer. Awesome. So we have a set of just questions that our members have submitted to us. So we'll kind of start by going through those and then kind of add on as we go. Um, so if maybe uh-huh. you want to tell us a little bit about your background, kind of your story of how you got to where you are, maybe where you started at your undergrad, and if you like uh-huh. changed your mind a bunch of times and did like a bunch of loops and circles to get where you're at. Okay. So I'm originally from upstate New York. That's where I got my high school diploma. It's kind of near Syracuse area. And then I knew I wanted to go somewhere kind of local. And I wasn't, you know, I'm pretty middle low income. So I'm like, I need a state school, something I can afford. So I decided to go to a state school called SUNY Oswego. It's about an hour away from where I grew up in Syracuse. And at the time, I didn't quite really know what I wanted to do. I didn't. I went in undecided. I didn't have any declared major or anything like that. And I don't know. I was leaning towards the sciencey field just because that was something I was kind of good at. I really wasn't good at history. I'm not really good at languages. So I'm like, well, I, I'm running out of options. So I'll stick with science. And like the first week when I started, like I was looking for a job because I wanted the money. So I literally just went office to office asking random faculty, like, hey, do you want to hire someone as a student? Like, do you want someone, you know, I can work for you? And I ran into the chemistry coordinator. She kept quite a, she kind of coordinates all the chemistry labs and like is, facilitates all this chemistry stuff. So I'm like, and she's like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a job. And then I started there and we became friends and I was working for her all the time and we came pretty close and she's talking to me about what I want to do, and I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not sure what I want to do. And she's like, well, you should major biochem. I think you'd think you'd like it. I think you'd be good at it. I'm like, okay. She was like the first person to actually give me any solid advice on anything with that. So I'm like, sure, I'll take your word for it. And I'll do that. And yeah, I mean, after kind of doing sophomore year and junior year, getting all the boring chemistry and stuff out of the way, it got a lot more interesting. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. It's a lot more fun. And then I took biochem. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I I majored in this. Um, And then when it came time to decide what I wanted to do after I graduated, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to start working yet. I'm kind of, I kind of have some fire in me. Like, let's keep going with higher ed. So I was debating whether to do master's or PhD. So I applied for both and I ended up choosing PhD in biochem and I ended up going to the Ohio State University um, in the biochem program there. And PhD is a lot different than undergrad, but 
overall, basically, it's about five to seven years of research. You publish a few papers, you have a committee, and then after your committee thinks that you're good enough to graduate, you're free to go. And uh, especially if you have a job lined up, you're certainly free to go. And that was the case. So I, and that's how I ended up at Wesleyan. So kind of, I don't know, it's not all that exciting route. I think it's a pretty traditional education, just going from undergrad, trying to figure out what you like to do, and then just kind of keep going from there. Um, but along the way, I've met a lot of different people who had so many things going on in terms of what they wanted to do and what they're doing today. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of a winding road in terms of where you start and where you end. But I think for most, most people, it ended up working out pretty well. Knowing that some students at Wesleyan are uh, thinking either master's or PhD route, what helped you decide go one way over the other? So there's actually, I mean, there's a lot you want to think about determining whether master's or PhD. <clears throat> the first, I mean, because this is biology club, so let's just think about in terms of biology. The good thing is that for biochem, biology, chemistry, all the natural sciences, all of the higher education is essentially free, depending on the university, almost all the time it's free. You get a stipend and your tuition is paid for. So you don't really have to worry about in terms of like art and humanities where it's a big financial burden. It's actually, you know, pretty affordable because you get to live off of the stipend. So that's not too bad. I suggest doing that just because it doesn't cost you anything except your time. Uh, but in terms of master's versus PhD, you're generally competing with other people who have bachelor's degrees if you get your master's. Usually what you'll be doing if you were a master's is you're in a lab or you're for some company and you're the person who's actually doing the real work. You're the one at the bench doing the real thing. You're not really responsible for directing anything. You're not the manager. You're more like the hands-on tech to get things through. But for masters, you're the ones who's a bit more higher in the picking in terms of getting employed, in terms of moving up the chain. Uh, so you're kind of competing with other students who have bachelor's degrees. PhD, it's completely different. A PhD is more the managerial type. You're the ones who's writing the grants. You're the type of person who's leading the department, who's leading the chain. Uh, you're not really in the lab. You're not really um, doing the hands-on science. You're more the, I guess, director kind of person. If you get a master's, it's usually like a nine to five type of job. You're able to have a good work-life balance. Um, it's also a lot easier to find a job if you have a master's. I think it was like for every one PhD job, there's six master's jobs. So it's quite a lot easier to find a job and to move from one place to another if you have a master's, just because you're the, they're the main people who are in the lab working. Um, and again, master's, it's only two years. Most of it's just classes, some research, PhD, almost all research, hardly any classes. Uh, and generally, after a PhD, you have to get a postdoc, which is something people don't talk about too often, but it's often the case. So even though you get your PhD after six years, you might have to spend two or three more years doing a postdoc. And a lot of people just get burnt out after doing a few years of PhD. So I think if you want to do a PhD, you really need to think about if you have the energy to do it for all five, six years, whatever, um, because a lot of people just get tired of it after a little bit. Um, but one other thing that people, I mean, universities don't like to talk about, but it's something that's good for you to know. If you're not sure if you want a master's or a PhD, usually go for a PhD because after about two years or so, you can sort of drop out and you get your master's anyway. 
So it's sort of like it's easier to transition from a PhD to a master's than it is to get a master's then to a PhD because you have to sort of reset and do the PhD process over again. So I would say go for your PhD if you're not sure between a master's or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. And master is something to think about is your skills are a lot more transferable. So if you get a master's in chemistry, you don't have to do chemistry. I mean, I know a lot of people who went into law or banking or advertising or science writing. Like you're more, your skills are more diverse and you can kind of do a whole bunch of different things. But if you get your PhD in chemistry, it's very specific and it's a lot harder to find that sort of, sort of job. So you get more specialized as you kind of go along that, uh, as you get more degrees, I guess. So that's another thing to think about too. I don't know if you said this or not, but did you know that you wanted to do PhD or were you kind of between master's or PhD and were like, we'll kind of see how it goes? Yeah, I was between, I wasn't sure. I was thinking master's or PhD and I'm like, well, worst case scenario is I'll just drop out and get my master's. And a few of my friends did that and you know, they're happy with that. Um, so no, I would say get your PhD, but don't tell them that when you're applying. Like. <laughs> They don't like that, but that is the reality. You actually, a few people do that. And it's, and most PhD programs are uh, more reputable than master's schools just because they're like the big 10, they're big research facilities. So, you know, you get the name of the university too, which is generally pretty good compared to like state schools, which offer master programs, stuff like that. So, yeah, I was more kind of in between because I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. But then once you get into it, you get, you kind of like it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, it was really enjoyable to, to stick with the PhD program, you know. Did you know going into grad school that you wanted to become a professor or what were your other options at that point? Oh, no, I mean, there's a million things you think about. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't remember what I wanted to do initially. I, for, I forget. I think it was like patent law where you write patents for, for biochemistry stuff. I mean, this is not unique to me. I mean, at least all of my friends, they've changed their mind three or four times. Mm -hmm. and it's just because you learn more, like once you're in the lab for a couple of years, you're like, oh man, do I really want to do this every day? Like, I don't know, this is terrible. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? I'm going to go uh, into the hospital kind of scene or into the, you know, this scene. So no, I mean, you change your mind all the time, mostly because you're just exposed to different things. You're exposed to different people, you know, so... But, you know, when you're four or five years in, you kind of reflect on, like, what types of things you were excited about, what types of things were motivating for you. And, you know, a lot of the teaching and a lot of the working with students and undergrads was the highlight of, of most of my experiences. So I'm like, you know what, I like doing that. Let's, let's go that route. So I started teaching more, and it ended up working out pretty well. Um, some of my friends are thinking about industry, you know, and they're trying to get internships and all that stuff. So... Yeah, I, I, that's why I don't like people deciding what they want to do early on in their career because they experience more things and then they end up finding, you know, I don't like doing this. So like, mm. let's do something I actually do enjoy. Like, otherwise you're too far down that rabbit hole and it's like, uh, now I've got to really commit to it because I spent eight years of my life working towards something I don't even enjoy anymore. So it's like, you got to keep an open mind. And, and it worked out, I think, in the end. So Wesleyan's a really small school. Did you know that you wanted to work at a small school or did you not really know between a small and then a really big school? Yeah, I mean, I think a smaller school is really good. I, 
uh, when I did my undergrad, I think it was about 4,000 students. So it's about maybe twice the size of Wesleyan. But yeah, I know. I mean, I think for undergrad, a small university is really good in terms of teaching and also as a student, it's really good to like interact with everyone. It's like a, a good community. Like you're not kind of lost in the sea of people and you don't really know who everyone is. At Wesleyan, yeah, I think you get to meet a lot of great people and you get to see, um, you know, you get to become really close with everyone. And that's a big, and that's a big selling point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Wesley could do better in terms of like diversity, of course. I mean, I, I think one of the benefits of going to a large university is like you get to meet people from all around the world. And that's so awesome. Like all of my friends from grad school were not from the US. They were from India or South Korea or Mexico. And it's like every night we would have like, or every weekend we would have like a dinner party and people would make stuff from all around the world. So it was kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, there's perks and downfalls, but I think small universities, it has a lot of good benefits to it. Um, so when you were in your undergrad, did you conduct any research at all? Or were you just kind of taking your classes and doing working with the chemistry professor? No, I did um, several different research projects. Uh, depending on, some people will give you different answers as to what's better. Sometimes people say it's good to stick with like one project for three or four years and that way you can sort of develop and continue to get better and better at that project. Or what I did was I did a different thing every semester, a different thing every summer where you can learn a whole bunch of different techniques. So the first summer, let me see, freshman year, freshman year I didn't really do anything, I was just took classes. And over the summer I was like in lawn care, I was like weed eating and mowing lawns and stuff, so nothing science-y. Then the next summer, next semester, I got, I went to research in Brazil, did some cancer biochem research, which is a good opportunity. I think anyone who does, who's in, um, who is a student should take advantage of studying abroad types of research, especially if you don't have to pay for it. A lot of them you don't have to. So you should definitely do that. Like housing is paid for all that stuff. So I did like a cancer research in Brazil. That was really cool. Um, mostly like cell culture work, stuff like that. And then following that summer, I did uh, an internship at a Catalyst chemical plant in DC. It was a paid internship. So that was a good opportunity to get to see the industry side of things. Um, totally different than the academia side. So again, I think another valuable experience, even though it wasn't for a long amount of time, it was a good enough, it was a good amount of time to see what that world is like and to learn something completely you've never experienced before. And then after that, I spent most of the year in the research at the university where I worked with the biochem professor doing the biochem projects, uh, kind of what you guys do um, just in the research lab. So yeah, I mean, all of the projects were very different. All of the settings were very different. And I think even though the projects didn't mature because I didn't have a lot of time, it was good to see all of the different sides of things. And I think everyone should do that instead. Try to find a whole bunch of different things to learn from and rather just one kind of throughout the whole process. Because that's what you were there for. I mean, you're undergrad, so you're supposed to learn all these new things. Like, you're gonna be doing the same thing for the rest of your life once you graduate. Like, it's might as well experience new things now. And I think you'll enjoy it, you know. Is your research that you do now at Wesleyan a continuation of research that you did in undergrad or is it completely different? Right now it's 
it's pretty much completely different. I mean, the, I, the, the skills are transferable, like, you know, all the stuff you learned in biochem, it was like Western blot, PCR, all those things are pretty transferable. So the projects can change, but the methods are pretty much all the same. I came in doing ideas with like e-cigarettes and um, how muscular dystrophy, which sort of relates back to my PhD work. Uh, but now I have a research student who's interested in Alzheimer's disease, so we're continuing with that model. Uh, but a lot of it's still like cell culture work, stuff like that. So, and that's another good thing. I mean, the projects you learn will always be different. And like, what you study now, will probably you'll never study again. But the things you do will be probably used. Like the PCR, like all these techniques, you'll probably use again, even though the projects will change. You know, you just be looking at a different protein. You'll be looking at a different drug. But, you know, the methods are very much the same. You got to kind of build your toolkit. I mean, that's kind of the main theme with like undergrad and PhD is like, you're not learning skills that you'll specifically, like you're not learning things that you'll use specifically, but you're building the toolkit of things that you can use, like microscopy or like structural, you know, chemistry or, you know, the techniques. And that's what make you market marketable. And those are the things that will make the, you know, education more valuable for you is to build your toolkit. Do you find that your schedule as a professor is pretty busy between like preparing for classes and grading and doing the research? Like, do you find like a work-life balance or do you think it's harder than when you were getting your PhD? Uh, no, I mean, the first year of teaching, I mean, any professor will tell you it's terrible because it's always, you're trying to catch your head above water. It's just how it is. I mean, building curriculums are very hard. I mean, there's a lot of work to put into it. Uh, and then, yeah, grading things takes time, answering everyone's email, <laughs> especially during COVID, like, you know, Zoom will crash and you have to re-record everything and like students missing exams for no reason. So yeah, I mean, the first year especially, it's it, the work-life balance did not exist. But once, you know, after the first year, the reality is, is that it's the same sort of thing over and over again. So it's like, I have all the stuff to do next time, you know, so it actually gets a lot easier. Um, but overall, it wasn't actually all that bad. But no, the first year is notorious, not just teaching, but for any job, like, you know, the, the learning curve is pretty crazy. Um, but no, it was, it was a lot of work, but overall, it was, it was not too bad, I think. It was harder than PhD. PhD, I mean, people, I mean, I could talk about this forever because it's crazy, but like, mine was mostly a nine to five type of job. It was pretty much go in, do your work, then leave. It was not like not crazy intimidating everyone was really cool so no i mean phd isn't this like terrifying nightmare people might make it out to seem to be it's it's just a job but you're not making a lot of money and you're working towards a degree so um yeah it was, it's pretty it's not too bad the phd life i think other than the money <laughs> did you envision having to stand on a stage in a concert hall with a microphone yeah. first year of teaching <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. It, it's yeah, it's crazy. But you know, I I've had other weird experiences too. You know, teaching it's it's not too bad. <laughs> Some of the students are really funny though. I mean, I mean, they they would make it worth it. It's so fun. I say, I love telling people that my biochem class was in the auditorium of pressure, <laughs> watching their sneezes because it makes no sense when you tell them. No, and I'm like, what is going on? And you hear music in the background, and I'm like, oh, goodness. I don't think we're there next semester. I forgot where we are exactly, but I don't think we're there. 
I liked how they Zoom. wanted to bring in the TV instead of using the oh, projector, yeah. and it was a lot. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez, I mean, you guys didn't see behind the scenes, but like getting that room organized was like a horrible. I had to go to Walmart myself and get the equipment because, like, that's how like independent it was. Like, everyone was scattered, and we didn't know we were in that room until like the day before. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll be here then because we were switching around a few times. So, you know, it's it's fine. I mean, you gotta just you gotta get through it. I mean, you know. Sometimes you gotta make your own decisions. So that's why I try to be more laid back where I'm like, hey, you decide, because later on, no one's gonna be able to tell you what to do. So you, you do it, you, you see what's best. So did you change your approach, um, like going into the first semester, knowing that things were gonna be different with COVID or do you think you would have kept the same mentality if COVID didn't exist? Like in terms of teaching or in yeah, terms like of- how you kind of approach the first semester and planned things out? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, the general mentality was the same. I mean, like for biochem, yeah, I, I, I think the overall theme was going to be pretty much similar, COVID or not. Um, you know, for biochem especially, because you're, I mean, most of you are in my biochem class, um, it was more similar to what like a typical like graduate level biochem classes like usually you have someone who's in the front of the class lecturing with you know a bunch of powerpoint slides and stuff um i think we went into more detail than a typical class but you know i think the recorded lectures were helpful that wasn't something people really think about in terms of covid so like that's a good good plus um so I don't know. I mean, yeah, COVID made it a little weird, but it wasn't a huge game changer. I don't think it's not like I had to rethink how everything should be. I mean, once you think about learning and education a little bit, like you learn that some things are pretty consistent and it's a lot different than my the gen chem class, of course, because those people need a little bit more support, they need a little bit more guidance. And that's a lot harder for biochem. It's more independent based for gen chem you really try to foster people to learn and to help them a bit more. And so that was a lot harder, especially with the distance. Um, but we'll see how things go. I mean, it was a little crazy last semester with COVID. So <laughs> who knows what happened? We'll see how the evaluations turned out. I still have gotten those. <laughs> what was it like searching for a job during the pandemic? Well, I searched for a job before the pandemic started. So for academia, you usually apply a year in advance. So like if I want one for next fall, I would be applying now. So I actually kind of got it before the, the pandemic started. Um, but a couple of my friends who graduated starting in the industry, yeah, it was a little up in the air. Most of the moving, like uh, moving was kind of weird. Like they thought they were gonna move to Boston one month and then they got pushed back like six, six months. So stuff like that but overall it hasn't affected it too much honestly how about your dissertation though how was that oh yeah that? that was all online that was all online yeah yeah that was that was weird no one quite knew how to do it it's very procedural like i mean there's a lot of rules when you defend your thesis because you have to have your committee there you have to have a representative there it has to be sort of almost like audited in a way. So there's a lot of like formalities you need to do when you defend your thesis. And all of those formalities were sort of all up in the air when COVID came. You're like, well, I don't know what the rules are here. 
but it ended up working out pretty well. I mean, everyone was pretty understanding. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that's, if you're considering getting your PhD, you will need to form your committee to help uh, guide your thesis, to guide your project. And that's a big part of your, your, your graduate experience. If you have a good committee, you'll have a better experience. If you have a bunch of terrible jerks, faculty who just want to make you suffer, it'll be very hard for you. You know, so when you go to get your thesis for master's or PhD, make sure you have a good, a good committee that's helping you and not trying to, you know, make things harder. <laughs> so did you defend your dissertation over Zoom? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Like, do you think it was harder, maybe easier than it would have been in person? Were you really nervous for it? Uh, no, no, I, it was it was not any different. It was more awkward because I was alone in my room, like <laughs> staring at the computer, talking to myself. So you can't really read the room. Yeah. But by the time you have to defend your thesis, you've practiced it so many times. Like you should know it all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I've never really had a problem with with public speaking, like some people have. So I wasn't really nervous either way. I was just happy to get it over with. The thesis writing is the hardest part. You have to write like, I think it was like a 300 page paper. It was like, I, by the time I submitted that, I'm like, I'm done, like just, I'm done with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you practice it enough, so you, you're fine. It's just like a normal Zoom meeting. You just talk and it's, it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a ceremony or anything. I didn't have a graduation ceremony. We didn't have like a reception. You normally have like a, all the faculty come together and celebrate. It was just kind of like one day I was in work, and then the next day I'm like, okay, I'm going to Illinois. I'll see ya. Bye. <laughs> oh, it, it was weird, but you know, people have had a much harder time than I have during this, so it's not a problem. How was it moving states? Because did you move from Ohio to Illinois during everything going on with the pandemic? Oh, yeah. No, that's not too bad. Um, it was just like a seven hour drive. And when you get a job, and in academia, they pay for your moving expenses, so it wasn't a problem. Just keep the receipts, and it's pretty easy to move. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to relay this to things that might be valuable for whoever's listening, is like when you start your first job, you always want to make sure that you really, you know, everything's on the table in terms of negotiation. So like we negotiated things like moving expenses. You can negotiate things like salaries, you know, all the traditional stuff. You know, you can even get rental cars. You can even get expenses for like, you know, whole like office renovation for your house. I mean, I'd have people or know people who've done crazy things when they are getting a new job because they're willing to negotiate. So like when you start your job, like be sure to, even though it might be awkward to ask, like you have to sort of advocate for the things that you want and the things that you need. Otherwise, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. Like they're going to purposely not going to give you it. So it was pretty good and, you know, moving expenses, for this, for this university is pretty mainstream, so it's pretty easy. Um, but whenever you start your new job, like, yeah, moving expenses is a big one you should ask for. Um, even things like uh, getting, like, new license plates and driver's license stuff, like, that costs money, so, like, negotiate that. You know, there's a lot of things to kind of learn as you go when you start new jobs, too. That's good to know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Between... Uh, Ohio, Illinois, New York, which weather do you like the best? They're all the same. <laughs> They're all cold. I don't know. I, I like, if it's going to be cold, I want snow. And New York gives us a lot of snow. 
that way you can go snowmobiling and go uh, skiing, all that stuff. I like to ski and snowboard, so if there's a lot of snow, it's, it's better. If it's going to be cold and gray, might as well be 10 feet deep in snow. So that's what I like. <laughs> when, I went to my when I went to my undergrad, it's right next to Lake Ontario. So you get all the lake effect snow. Um, and you can see on these top of the telephone poles are these little flags. And those flags are there because the snow drifts would get so large, people would climb them and they would like put flags in the telephone pole hole. Like it would get really high, like above your head all the time. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> I know Illinois is notorious for having weather where it's like 60 degrees one day and then the next day will drop down to like the 20s. Uh -huh. Like, it, does that bother you? Like, would you rather it just be one temperature for the winter or do you like it when it kind of bounces around? <laughs> Bouncing around. Because I actually had this conversation yesterday because I'm in Brazil right now. So the weather is kind of constant all the time. And I'm like, that's cool, but I kind of like having some variety. I kind of like having, you know, some mixture. I don't like it so predictable. It makes it boring. So, yeah, I kind of like the surprise. <laughs> so I remembered a question I had earlier to kind of bounce back. Um, yeah. I know you just started teaching, but if you weren't being a professor, is there any other career that you could kind of see yourself in or anything else you kind of want to try? Hmm. I think, <clears throat> honestly, I, if I were to go back in time, I would probably consider going for like a, like nursing or nurse practitioner, mostly because you get your master's and you make six figures easy. Like that's easy. Like you deal with, you help people, you're good. Like you interact with everyone. Like you're helping like the community and health and all that stuff. You know, it's in demand and yeah, I mean, you get good money and you can work anywhere in the country. I mean, that's a hard gig to, hard gig to beat, you know? So I would think about that, but I don't know. I think I would be happy in many different positions. And I think a lot of people would be too. I mean, there's not that one job that's like the final thing. You know, there's a lot of things that make people happy. And I think I would be happy in the health department too. I was never interested in a medical degree. I don't know. But that was like an MD doctor. I wasn't too interested in that. But so you were never pre-medical? No, I was never. No, I never had it. No one in my family was pre-med or like a doctor. There was no health problems. So I never really had that connection. So I was like, you know, I don't want to spend that crazy amount of money because knowing me, I'll change my mind halfway through and lose it all. So, <laughs> no, I, but maybe I would do nursing or nurse practitioner. I think that'd be a really good gig other than teaching. Okay, so we have some random questions that are um, required members. What's your favorite holiday? My favorite holiday? Uh, probably Christmas. I think that's a fun one. You get to eat and relax and open presents. I mean, that's pretty good. What's your? I'd, I'd say that. Who's your favorite superhero? Uh, oh, goodness. I don't know. I think uh, Iron Man's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. He's like a robot. I, I don't know. That's pretty. That's a pretty good one. I don't know. Sorry, my light keeps flickering. Um, yeah, I'll stick with Iron Man. That's a classic. Do you have a preference of DC What's or your... Marvel? I like Marvel just because the DC movies are always way too dark. And I'm like, I don't see what's going on. It's like constantly too dark. And I'm like, I don't see anyone. But Marvel, like, at least you can see things. <laughs> but I'm not a huge fan of either, to be honest. But Marvel is probably the, the better of the two. 
what's the favorite place or what's your favorite place that you've traveled to? Uh, I don't know. I think probably Brazil's. I've been, so I'm here now. I've, I've been here for probably six or seven months total in my life. And it's really awesome. Everyone's a lot more laid back, kind of more personal, more like interacting. Um, the food is awesome. The weather is great. I mean, there's beaches everywhere, uh, barbecue food. And I think just the culture overall is a lot more warm. So it's always fun to come to Brazil. Uh, but Italy is pretty awesome too. It's a nice culture. A lot more slow, a lot more laid back, more just kind of going with the flow. And I think those are, that's more my style. I don't like the rush, go, go kind of thing. So <laughs> I'd say Brazil. It, it's a nice place. Do you speak English primarily when you're there or do you have to speak the native language? Yeah, I do mostly English because I haven't quite learned Portuguese quite that well. I can understand it and I can get my way around, but I'm still working on that. It's a work in progress. I wish I took Portuguese in high school. Instead, I took like Spanish and I think Latin, which was the most useless class I've ever taken. I was like, I've never, it's a dead language. Like, what am I going to talk to the Pope? Like, I'm never, <laughs> like, I'm never going to need it. So that was the biggest waste of time. I wish I took Portuguese. I wanted to take Latin in high school. And my parents were really like, no, that's a good waste of time. <laughs> Really you should thank your parents. It is. <laughs> I found an online Latin course last summer. It's kind of fun. <laughs> kind of mostly forgot everything, but I know. But what you do, that's what you forget. It's like, who am I going to practice with? Do you have a favorite well, place to go to when you're in Brazil? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been to Rio a few times. I'm in Victoria now. Uh, anywhere along the beach is nice. They're all pretty similar. It's not like there's a whole lot of change. Um, no, not really. I mean, anywhere in Brazil is pretty good. Did you have a favorite professor when you were in college? Um, <clears throat> not, uh, I had a favorite teacher. My high school science teacher was the most awesome person in the world. She was kind of Everyone didn't really like her because she was kind of crazy and like unpredictable and sometimes kind of mean. But like, I thought she was really like, she genuinely helped people like more so than any other teacher just because like she was pretty hardcore and like she kind of gave, gave students the reality check they really needed. Um, so I think she was the best, best one. She was the one who really made me interested in science. Um, but professors, uh, I don't know. Not really, because you don't see them quite often. Like, you only see them for like a semester or two, and then you kind of go on. Uh, high school teachers, you see them more frequently, so they've been more, I guess, of an impact. But yeah, I mean, there's some good teachers that were really great, and some really bad ones that you know, like, okay, I don't want to be like that person, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was good and bad. Did you have a favorite class that you took during your undergrad? Um... Or maybe a, like a least favorite class? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think, I mean, my favorite class I think was biochem or analytical chem, mostly because the teachers were really great. Um, I don't know. My, I you know there were some least favorite classes. Those were mostly the gen ed classes, which I thought were ridiculous. <laughs> I think the biggest example that made me frustrated was that I, when I first got to my university, I took a music I think a music history course and it was really hard it was one of the hardest classes I've ever taken and it was a freshman music history course 
And then I entered the university's honors program. I don't know if Wesleyan has that or not. I joined that because I thought it sounded better, but it really didn't do anything. Uh, and then I had to take another music history course because it didn't count it. And it was with the same professor and it was the same everything. And I had basically learned this stuff twice because he didn't want to think of a second curriculum. So that was probably the worst experience. I had a terrible professor. I had to take the class twice for no reason and I forgot everything anyway. So like, <laughs> that was probably it. So but yeah, yeah, I mean, college overall, I mean, it's, you forget the details, but you know, once you're out of it a few years, you're like, you know what, it was actually pretty, pretty good overall, so. <laughs> Do you have a favorite amino acid? I don't know, proline kind of makes things difficult, I guess. Probably proline, just because it's the oddball one. <laughs> what about a favorite protein? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the one you study in grad school, you kind of fall in love with because you like dedicate your life to it for a little bit. So I had an AS160, that was my protein I studied. It's involved in glucohomeostasis. So I got to stick with that one just because I feel like I've dedicated my life to that more than anything. <laughs> so AS160, it's a good protein. And no one knows what it does still, so that's even more interesting. Uh, do you have a favorite video game? Uh, I play Horizon Zero Dawn is probably my favorite. Have you guys heard of that one before? It's a PS4 game. It involves like robots, open world. It's a really fun game. And the new one is coming out on the PS5. So I might get that just for that game. <laughs> but overall, yeah, I have a lot of video games I like to play. It's a good hobby I like. Do you have a favorite Twitch stream to watch? No, not really. I mean, I just kind of watch random ones. There's this one guy I watch, but he's just a political guy. I don't even remember his name. So it's not even a video game Twitch, but I don't watch Twitch all that much other than just for background, background videos more than anything. <laughs> and my friend has a Twitch, so I sometimes watch him play. He plays League of Legends, so it's good to see what he's doing. I hope you are ready for the very best part of our episode, in my humble opinion. The rapid fire questions. If you're new here, here's how it works. We ask our professors some very random questions, and they have to think of the pop first thing that pops in their minds and say it. So for example, if someone asked me, what lotion is sitting on my desk right now? I say, Bath and Body Works Mermaid off duty. That's a bad example, but you get what I mean. <laughs> so now we'll move on to our next section, which is called the rapid fire section. Um, so basically what it is, is we have a list of questions and I'm gonna ask you a question after another, just like boom, boom, boom. And you're just gonna say the answer that comes to your head. What socks are you wearing? I'm not wearing any socks. It's really hot here. I'm not wearing <laughs> socks. It's like 95 degrees outside. <laughs> uh, favorite childhood TV show? SpongeBob. It's a classic. So many good jokes in one episode. The newer old ones for SpongeBob. Do you have a preference? Oh, the older ones. <laughs> older ones. The originals. The OGs. <laughs> favorite thing to cook or eat? Uh, 
don't know. My favorite thing to cook is probably whatever is easiest, but I like to eat probably tacos is my favorite food. I'd eat tacos any day. Favorite class to teach? Um, probably, I don't know. I like Gen Chem, I think it's a lot of fun just because you get to watch students really progress. I think Gen Chem is a lot of fun. You really have to focus on teaching them well because otherwise they're really going to struggle. And I feel like they, I see a lot more students kind of improving in that course. So I like teaching Gen Chem. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, do you wear glasses? And if so, what's your prescription? <laughs> I don't wear glasses. Well, I generally don't wear glasses. I'm like the only one in my family who doesn't. But some days I feel like I just can't see for some reason. So I bought some like online ones. I don't even think they have prescription. They're like the weakest ones. So sometimes I wear those, but most of the time I don't wear glasses, no. Is there something on your bucket list that you want to get done by the end of the year? Oh, the end of this year? Like, we only have or a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, on my bucket list, I have, I want to, one thing I've always wanted to do, but I haven't found the time is I've wanted to bike across the country from coast to coast. Um, that was something I've always wanted to do. My uncle did it. My cousin did it. They had a great time. So maybe one of these summers I'll hop on a bike and bike from coast to coast. I think that'd be great. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. I, I have probably two cups a day because I'm addicted. How do you drink your coffee? Do you do black? Yeah, usually it's black. Would you prefer? That's what I'm happy now. <laughs> Would you prefer to have a parrot or a canary as a pet? Probably a parrot. When I was younger, I had a a budgie or the budgie birds. Do you know them? They're the little blue ones. I had a few of those. They were really loud and annoying. So I was like, oh, geez. Um, but a parrot sounds pretty cool. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to snack on? I like popcorn a lot, probably popcorn. It's very easy to just throw it on the oven. And just eat it, whatever. What's your favorite color? Uh, probably emerald green. That's been like a common theme in my life. My high school is emerald green. My birthstone is emerald green. My mom's birthstone is emerald green. Wesley and everywhere I go, I see, yeah, Wesleyan screen. Like this color keeps coming back to me for some reason. So I feel like it's haunting me. So emerald green. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? I don't like heights. I hate flying. I'm not skydiving. I'm not bungee jumping. I just like the ground. That seems pretty good. I'll stick with that. What's your favorite typing font? Uh, I like Arial. The, the, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, very clean. Science is that mostly. It's all grants are all in that. It's, that's pretty much the go-to. Well, if Katie was here, she'd be so upset. She hates Arial. Really? Oh, man. So much. Like anything thing she has that's an aerial, the first thing she does is change it. Times <laughs> New Roman? <laughs> I don't know. That one I feel like is the cleanest, but I mean, there's like a thousand different kinds now, so I don't know. Maybe I'll change it now. <laughs> she probably secretly hates me. <laughs> Favorite restaurant? Uh, I like Goji. It's you probably haven't heard of it. It's like a Korean barbecue place. You get to 
you get a whole bunch of stuff like all on the table and you just cook it all together. It's a good like friends dinner. You get to talk and have friends and cook everything up. It's really cool. So goji, good place. Okay, What's your favorite then, element? Oh, that's a good one. Mm, I don't know. I I think I don't know. I've always gone to gallium just because it's like a melts in your hand. And so many example problems I've used in class involve gallium for some reason. So probably gallium. <laughs> it's like a weird element, so I picked that one. So I've heard this is a thing at Ohio State that people get mad when you say the Ohio State instead of the Ohio State. Like, is that an actual thing? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> people get mad at you no matter how you say it. If you say the Ohio State, they'll say the, or if you say the, they're like, oh, the, that's so like, oh, like, la da If you don't say it at all, they'll correct you. So like, no matter how you say the name, someone's gonna give you some trouble. So I just pretend I don't even say it. I just say, I try to avoid it. <laughs> but it's the Ohio State University. That's the official. And a lot of students, they have hats that just say the on it, like just say the. I don't know. It's like a thing they do. It's I don't quite get it either. So, <laughs> is there anything that you wish you could be asked? If anything, like hobbies or just activities that you don't get to talk about a lot, but you'd love to. One of my favorite things is running. I've always ran for my whole life. Cross country is a really cool sport. Have you done and, any days or marathons? Yeah, I've done a few marathons. I think I don't even remember. I think I've done six. I've registered for six marathons. And then I've kind of done like almost a dozen on my own. And some I just sneak into, like you don't even register. You just kind of like get in the line and no one calls you out on it. But I've done a lot of marathons, but they're so long. I mean, they just take too long to do. So I do mostly half marathons. Those are a lot more fun. Those are pretty good. Have you ever run on the Constitution Trail? Kind of by the... Oh, yeah. No, I run there all the time. It's a good trail. Um, yeah, I kind of, there's no drinking balance though, but it's a good one. I like that. What's your favorite brand of running shoes? I don't even know. I think they're the Nike Flex. The, they're just like the Nike, but they're very light. So they're not like these bulky blocks you run with. So they're pretty good. They usually last me like six months and then I have to get another pair just because they get worn out. Uh, and they're only like 20, 30 bucks. So it's like pretty good. What weather do you like to run in? Do you prefer it hot or cold? Um, I don't know, I, I prefer it hot just because, I don't know, like you hear different things. I like it just a little bit warmer. I don't like running in the cold. I usually just pretend I'm like, eh, I'm not going out today, it's too cold. When I was younger, if it was in the single digits, I wouldn't go out. Like I'd be, I wouldn't want to go. But nowadays I'm like, eh, there's a slight breeze, I don't want to go. <laughs> I become a little, a little bit picky. Um, but yeah, I, I've ran a lot and I'm now doing like weights and like swimming is pretty cool. So I'm trying to do a bunch of different things now too. So but if you haven't done- In the future? I have done a half one, I guess, like a mini triathlon. That was pretty cool. Um, except I didn't have a bike. So what I did was I bought one from Walmart. I used it and then I returned it the next day. So. <laughs> They didn't mind. I mean, they didn't care, so it, was, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> so, considering that Iron Man is your favorite superhero, do you think you'd ever do an Iron Man in the future? Uh, probably not. I met one, a couple, like a, 
uh, a husband and wife who did it and they weren't too crazy. Like I could never get that to that level. I don't think I have that much dedication or time. Maybe when I'm older and I have nothing to do, but they, they train all the time. I'm like, how do you do it? It's crazy. But yeah, we'll see. Do you prefer running fun. with music or running in silence? Oh, with music. I can't run in silence. I get too what bored. Kind of, what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, I don't know. Everything. I think the band I'm listening to now is like, I think it's Manny Skin. Manny Skin. It's like, an, uh, I think it's a band from Italy. They don't speak English, but they sound really cool. It's like an indie band. And then I listen to like John Bolliam, Lawrence and the Machine, uh, Monsters and Men. So kind of like indie rock. That's why I don't like swimming because you can't listen to music. So I can only go for like an hour. Then I get too bored. I'm like, I got to get out of here. It's, I have to think about something. Um, so pretty much, yeah, music all the time. What's your favorite artist? Hmm. I don't know. I don't have a, I've always liked the Lumineers. They've been like my a consistent band. I've always liked Like I can always listen to them. Um, but there are a lot of singles. Like I, I like from a bunch of different people. I'm trying to think of some now. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Everyone, I, I only usually like one song from one person and I get tired of their other songs. So it's like, it's hard to have a favorite, favorite band. When is it acceptable to start listening to Christmas music? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. For me, like the week before, I don't like any of it. <laughs> um, but my husband won't listen to it like the first day in October. And I'm like, this is going to hurt me very much. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Are you the type of person where you'll put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving? <laughs> you have to wait until December 1st. My Christmas tree has been up since mid-October. Okay. And that's not my place, but that is how it is. And it'll probably stay up until mid-March. <laughs> so, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> How crazy do you go with Christmas decorations outside? Uh, outside, not too much. Mostly just like a wreath. But inside, it's kind of nice to have some Christmas lights. I think it's kind of, it is kind of warmer to have some Christmas lights up. So, I don't know. But I don't have those, like, some people have those giant inflatable things. I've never been into that. It's My just too crazy. outside. <laughs> <laughs> we have Olaf. Chase from Paw Patrol, a uh, fire truck yeah. with Santa, and then a snowman family. And oh my goodness. Me. I had one in my dorm room freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> we have two inside too. Then we have a penguin and a snowman that are indoor. Oh man, that's fun. Well, hey, if you're already gone for four, you might as well go for like five or six. Like, you're at that point. You prefer, you prefer colored or the white Christmas lights? I like the colored lights. I think they're fun. Do you have yeah. to have all of your ornaments matching on the <laughs> oh, no. Or do you do like the random of like baby's first Christmas or like trip to Colorado where they're just like all the random ones? Yeah, it's all random. <laughs> Even the decorations in my house in general, there's no theme. It's just random 
there's a picture of a dog over there and there's like pictures of like there's there's no theme to anything it's all just sort of i kind of like that we'll put it up that's fine <laughs> so yeah christmas decorations pretty random are you the type of runner that will run around in a parking lot try and get to a certain mileage no <laughs> circles? i know a lot of people do that yeah, no, I'm I'm not that hardcore. I sometimes don't even stretch. I'm like, okay, time to go, and I'll just go. <laughs> I don't even know the times I run. I don't keep track of anything. I just like to go. Because if I think if you get too involved, like too mentally into it, it ruins the fun. Because I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I like to just kind of just go and forget about it. <laughs> but I have met people who have done that, and I'm like, mm, I can't do that. It's too intense. Are you the type of person where you like to snack all day or do you prefer to have like three really big meals? Uh, I, I probably snack all day most of the time. I don't know. I've done, uh, yeah, probably snacking all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I get really tired after eating big meals. So it's like, uh, I try not to eat a whole bunch like all at once just because I get I usually take a nap after, and that's not very productive. <laughs> you dread Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, I mean that's fine. That's not too bad. But in terms of like day-to-day -day life, yeah, like I don't try to eat. Like I don't really have a traditional breakfast or lunch. I usually have a good dinner, but usually I just kind of snack throughout the day, and it's that's usually what I like. So it's, it's pretty good. But I haven't found any good restaurants uh, next to the university yet, so I have to try to find some place that like is is not too bad. You have a favorite Christmas cookie? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I have you had the I think the rosettes. Have you had a rosette before? It's kind of like a batter and you just deep fry it. It's kind of like a crispy funnel cake. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good one. Um overall, I don't know, I like all of them, honestly. I don't think I have a single one I don't like. Gingerbread's pretty good. Um, snickerdoodles. Yeah, we're all pretty, pretty good. I like eating, so I, I don't mind eating the cookies. It's totally fine. <laughs> Do you like to decorate gingerbread houses? Yeah, but just ironically, like we just, I do it with my brother and we make one and it's usually terrible on purpose. Like we don't take it seriously. So it's like we didn't change it just because they knew their name already and it would be hard to change it halfway through. So they came with their names and they know it. So it works pretty well. And then, but yeah, I had a dachshund when I was younger. It was a cool dog. It was a wiener dog. It was very loud, so I didn't like it because it was too loud. Just constantly kept barking. Have you seen the movie Wiener Dog? No, is there a movie Wiener Dog? I never. Yeah, is. is it like a Disney movie? No, it's <laughs> from like it was from like some independent film company. But there's like a theme song about a wiener dog, and it's very funny. So I just was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> like, they do like this intermission and it's just this wiener dog like walking across the screen and they like change the background and it's like walking across the country and just play like oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I saw What's the movie Pets though. That's a good movie. Is that your favorite movie? Oh no, that's not my favorite. What is your favorite? I mean it's pretty good. I don't know. I haven't, honestly, I haven't watched movies lately. Usually it's just Netflix or like TV shows. Um, I've always liked Inception. I think that was always a cool movie. It's like a good one. Have you guys seen that one, Inception? 
What? <laughs> I, I, I heard of it. A horror movie? Go what? No, it's like a it's like a thriller. Like it's about dreaming and they like go in people's dreams and stuff. It's with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, it's a really good movie. I should watch it. It's so that's a good one. I'll say Inception. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to record a podcast episode with us. No problem. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed yourself and it wasn't too bad. <laughs> no, it was good. It was fun. And honestly, it's good to hear people speaking English because all I've heard is Portuguese for the past like week, so I'm kind of tired. <laughs> This episode would not have happened without the lovely help of our hosts, Sailor Williams, Julia Chen, and Hannah Johnson. And it definitely would not be able to be here without our lovely guest, Dr. K. Also special thanks to Katie Vogler, who was able to edit this all together. I hope you stick around for our next episode. It's gonna be someone pretty awesome.